Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. What's up, Remarkables? Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And this is not just another episode. This is episode number 200. Dr. Pete, man, what a pleasure working with such a pro like you, bro. This has just been such an extraordinary journey. I love what you just said, and I want to repeat it. Man, we are 20% of the way to episode 1000. That's how we do it, bro. That is fantastic, man. What a journey it's been. It's been an extraordinary three years. <laughs> you know, if you're going to be, uh, if, if you're looking for content and you're, you're running a weekly podcast where you have a conversation that speaks specifically to either CEO chiropractors or those that aspire to be a CEO in their chiropractic business, man, you couldn't have asked for a better three years to be having the ear of chiropractic. And what an honor and a privilege to have an opportunity to help guide this ship and navigate uh <laughs> navigate these crazy waters man it's been it's been extraordinary it's been a lot of fun it's been super challenging and it certainly has exposed um the need for what i consider the most important quality of a remarkable ceo uh and that is the quality of grit so i think that that's the conversation that we should have today to celebrate episode number 200 and answer that question, what is the most important, what's the most valuable quality of a remarkable CEO? Yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad that we are having this conversation. I'm glad that, that it has happened in episode 200. And I'm glad that you brought that up because God's timing is always perfect. And you know, we had no idea in 2019 when we released this podcast for the first time that we were going to go into a uh the pandemic and everything else that's been happening over the years we had no idea clearly just like no one else did or maybe a few people did uh but we'd had no idea and we knew what we were doing was important regardless of the pandemic okay so but what happened was that in spite of of that we knew we be, to be a remarkable ceo it requires grit and what, what come what may come the weather whatever the weather is whatever the climate whatever the temperature whatever is going on it requires that grit and and so i'm so thankful that we launched this right in the midst of this going right into the storm and we spent a couple of years journeying with all of you through that but what i love is i reflect back on all those episodes and i'm looking at the titles i'm seeing all the different titles and all the subject matter we covered i'm like wow that's amazing. I'm so thankful that we have a platform that we get to communicate, that we get to have this type of a conversation. And I'm so thankful that we get to have this with you as you are listening in and tuning into this conversation. So thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for giving us a reason to keep going because grit is not doesn't happen just because we got to do another episode. 
grit, there has to be a reason why you're going to have grit. You got to have a reason why you're going to go for it. You got you got to you got to have a purpose, right? You you got to know why you're going to have this courage and this resolve and you're going to develop this strength of character. So grit in my world, another way I like to describe it is maturity because I, I like to say maturity is the it's the character and the capacity. That's what maturity is. When I grow in maturity, I grow in character and capacity. And those things go hand in hand. You cannot grow in maturity if you don't grow in character and capacity. And when I think about grit, when I think about what does grit mean, grit is that resolve. It is the resolve to grow in character and capacity, to develop the strength that's required for where we're going next. The leader asks themselves the question, who do I need to become? Who do I need to become? I did not know who I needed to become to go into the pandemic, but I'm so grateful that as a leader, we continue to ask ourselves, who do I need to become? Because who I needed to become in 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20 prepared me for what we walked through. And who I became in 2020, 2021, 2022 prepared me for who I needed to become for 2023, 24, and 25. The grit conversation to me, Dr. Steven, is a question of vision. It's a question of maturity. It's a question of character. It's a question of capacity. It's ultimately a question of your purpose. What is the purpose of your life? Dr. Steven, I can't tell you how 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 uh, much value I have gained from being able to journey with you in this podcast, to be able to journey with you alongside of all the amazing team that we get to work with and the amazing docs we get to to work with. But I'll tell you something right now. It is not about that. It's about something even bigger. And that to me is, is what this is all about. It's it's about being tied to a greater purpose, to a bigger calling. Uh, and and ultimately that's what this is about for me, Dr. Steven. That's where the grit, it doesn't, it's never becomes a grind. It's not a grind, it's a grit. It's grit. And 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 the way you stay out of the grind and you stay in just the the grit is that you're always tied to something higher. You're always connected to something bigger. Dr. Steven, I know we're just coming right out of the gates, going zero to 60, but that's kind of like when I got in your portion, we just go, we just go. <laughs> so uh, here we are, man. I'm just, I don't know what else to say, but I'm just going to throw this back to you. But that, that to me, that's what this is all about. I love the expression that the entrepreneur is the person who is willing to start sprinting when you don't know how long the sprint is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that is just such a beautiful image. I mean, it's one thing to be able to say, okay, you're doing the 50 or bro, we're going to do the hundred. Okay. So it's like, you get a sense of like, you know, there's a starting point and there's a finish point and you're just going to give everything you've got and you're not holding back for any reason. whatsoever. You can, you, you know, you can catch up on the other side of that, that, that tape, right? When you get them, when you snap that tape, you, that's when you can breathe. That's when the lactic acid will come out of your legs, right? So, but you are going to do the 40 today and you're going to do it against the clock and you know exactly how long that's going to be. It's going to be 40 yards. We're timing you. You're at the combine, you know, whatever, whatever your metaphor works in your mind. The entrepreneur is a person that is willing to start a sprint without having any idea 
how long that sprint is going to be, right? And just getting your legs going. And you know what, Dr. Pete, I think that that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful metaphor, but it's an incomplete one because the truth is, in my experience and in your experience, I know we laughed about this afterwards <laughs> before the show. It's just like that, except that you're sprinting through the woods at night in the pitch dark. <laughs> so if you're a CEO, if you're a business owner, it's that same mentality and you're just moving at speed through the woods in the dark, right? So, and the reality is, is that uh, you're not going to make it through those woods without whacking a tree, right? So he is like, there's no way, you know, that you in stride are not going to come right up against one of those trees, right? So, and you're going to hit that tree and that adversity, you know, that, 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 that tree re represents, it might surprise you in the second, but you're not surprised that there was going to be adversity, right? So you hit that tree and you might find yourself on your back and you get yourself up and you brush yourself off and you just start running again. It's like, noted, there are trees in this forest, right? As I'm going through, guess what? I'm still going through the tree. Next thing you know, it's you, you trip over a tree that's fallen. You know, there's, it's like, oh, okay. So as you're brushing yourself off and you, you realize that you've just scuffed up your paws, your hands are bleeding and you're just like, okay. So some of these trees are laying down on the side. Okay. Roger that. Right. So, and as you're running in stride and you're thinking about those trees in front of you and the ones that have fallen down already, it's like, whack, there's a low limb <laughs> that just strikes you right in the chest. And you're just like, all right, this is getting more interesting. Right. So truth is Pete, that's the day in the life of a CEO. Okay. And it does, and none of that matters. We know we're going to get through that, the woods where that that's the grit that you get up and you recognize, you know what, my pants are dirty, my hands are bleeding, right? My chest is sore. And you know what, I am still going through the woods. And I know that I'm going to come across other obstacles that I either expected or didn't expect, right? And I'm going to, I am going to run right up against it. And I'm going to have to have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. And none of that has to do, it has anything to do with the fact that I am getting through these woods at speed. Dr. Pete, I think that there may be listeners out there that may listen to us or other thought leaders or experts or other people that they consider successful, people that are out ahead of them, and they think that they are the only ones that are running into those trees or tripping over those stumps or getting a branch in the chest. And I just, I just want, to, I want to use this platform, this opportunity to say, bro, listen, that's part of it. <laughs> it's like, you are not the only one. For that doctor, he or she is sitting there right now and you needed to hear this right now. It's like that, that adversity right there is part of being a CEO. It's just part of being a business owner. It's, and frankly, it's part of being a chiropractor. It's like you cannot operate without expecting that there's going to be a constant and never ending stream of those obstacles. And the big idea here is that you're learning as you go eyes wide open, using all of your senses, including listening to others who have been out in front of you, and just learning how to navigate that forest even better. Doc, hundreds of our coaching clients have grown their businesses following our remarkable CEO program. Well, now it's your turn. We are kicking off a new cohort of remarkable CEOs this month. Enrollment's limited, so don't delay. If you're ready to turn your job into a business, make a bigger impact and a bigger income, the Remarkable CEO program is what you've been looking for. Go to theremarkablepractice.com forward slash REM CEO to apply today. You know, I think about, and you said this, we were recently talking about it, pick your problems, right? Pick your problems. 
you know, regardless of, you know, which path you choose, you're going to have to face, there's going to be problems, there's going to be challenges. As an entrepreneur, for all of you who are listening, and as a chiropractor, specifically as an entrepreneur, you know, pick your problems, you know, what kind of problems do you want to have? And the reality is, is that when you chose to become a chiropractor, when you chose to then open a, your practice and become a business owner, you chose to say, I first am becoming, I'm a business owner now and I'm a chiropractor second because I have to understand that for me to be able to have a, be a successful chiropractor, I have to have a successful business. And so you made that decision when you made that decision first. And so, you know, whether you love that or don't, regardless, that was the choice that we all made. That's the choice that you've made as you're listening to this. And so, you know, for me, when I think about grit, I think about grit very practically. I think about it in terms of what do you, what, who are you and what do you do when things don't go your way? What, what, who are you and, and how do you respond when things are down, right? When you, when you, when things aren't going well, when you just, you know, finished onboarding a staff member and then, you know, they're, spouse got moved across the country and they're leaving and you just spent the last three months training them and building and getting them up to speed and then you got to do it all again what what do you do when you're no matter what you're doing you know from the marketing perspective you're spending all this time energy and money in it and it's, it hasn't produced you know the new patients that you've been you know needing really honestly to keep the business going and growing it's just the numbers are down you know what do you do what do you do when things are hard at home and you know the maybe a spouse is sick or a child is going through a really really hard time you know what do you do what do you do when what do you do how do you respond in that and all of you and I we can list doc you and I can list 75 scenarios what do you do when you're down that's grit grit is how do you continue to show up pick yourself up put one foot in front of the other it's not about per perfection it's about progress it's recognizing that, you know, what, when things are down, I'm going to keep going. We're going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. We're going to keep moving forward. It may not be at race car speed, but we're going to keep moving forward. Grit. What do you do when things go really, really well? I always like to see what do people do when they have great success? When you're at the spectrums, when you're on the spectrum of great success or you're at the other end, which is great, great might call it failure or loss or pain. Uh, what? How do you respond in those those moments? How do you do? And to me, the grit really comes into when things are going really, really well, do you get derailed? Do you stop focusing? Do you stop doing the things, the things that you need to do that actually helped you get to that point of success? Do you stop recognizing and valuing all the people around you? Right? What what do you how do you respond in these in these times, in these circumstances, in these situations when things are down? Like you said, Dr. Stephen, where the 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 reality is is when you are trailblazing, when you are a pioneer, when you are going upstream against the tide, the story of an entrepreneur and a chiropractic entrepreneur, that is your story. You have to have grit. You must have grit. You must recognize that that's a, a requirement. Uh, it's part of being the uh, a remarkable CEO is, is having that. And so, you know, you're not surprised when things go sideways. You're not disturbed when things are down. You're not 
overjoyed or overrelated when things are up. You just have to have that recognition that, you know, this is a calling. This is my purpose. I chose this. There's going to be good and bad. There's going to be up. There's going to be down. There's going to be all sorts of things going on around me. But this is part of the deal. And, you know, as CEOs, I think we just need to be able to talk frankly about it. It's like, and I believe that all of you listening are, are, this is who you are. That's why you're actually tuning in. You recognize that, that, you know, being, having grit, it it means, listen, I'm going to grin. I'm going to smile all the way through the whole process, regardless of whether it's up or down. You come and check my blood pressure. It's like, man, that, that heart rate's about the same. What's going on? I could be having the worst day ever. It could be the best day ever. Checked his blood, checked his pulse. Man, just steady. Where's that coming from? You, you develop the fitness. You develop the character. You develop the capacity. And it starts, if you're a launcher and you're listening to this and you're like, man, I'm just getting into this. I'm glad I'm hearing this now. You're a launcher or you're a builder and you're like, I'm just been starting and I'm starting to feel some stuff. Listen, you're a launcher, you're a builder. Hey, listen, now is the time. Get fit. Get fit because how you do launch is going to influence how well you do build. How well you do build will help, will absolutely determine how well you transition into and do scale. Each season, through the four seasons of your journey, you think exit's just the easy part? I was going to ride off in the sunset. You got to have grit for exit, just like you got to have grit to scale and you got to have grit to build and you got to have grit to launch. All four seasons require another level, another capacity of grit. You'll be tested in each season and you got to go through the fire to be able to be refined so that you're ready. You talk about your readiness. Readiness comes from refinement. Refinement comes through testing. And as you go through the different tests in the seasons, as you walk through it, walk it out, that's where you really become prepared and ready for what's next for you. Dr. Steve and I, you know, I think this is such an important conversation because sometimes, you know, we, we talk shop but we don't always go to the heart and deep down and say, listen, you're a human being. I'm a human being. And the reality is, yeah, it is hard. Yeah, it is painful. Yeah, those 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 cuts I got running into that dang tree and tripping three times and hitting that wall. And man, I got a big egg on my head. Yeah, <laughs> it's the real deal. It's the real deal, man. It's so, no joke. Right it's no yeah. joke, Dr. Pete. And being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, uh, being a CEO is no joke, right? So, and it calls for everything you got, right? So for you to be at your potential, which I know that's where everyone listening, this that's what it's all about. It's like, I just, I want to reach my potential. Like where I am now next and ultimately, if your eye is on that and you're, and you're on purpose, you know, that's that on purpose CEO who has grit is unstoppable, right? It's really, really hard to beat somebody who won't quit, right? And when you are, when you're a person who has, who has grit, as one of your qualities as to how you operate, it's your modus operandi, um, you're dealing with a hard person, right? So, and the opposite of having grit is being soft, right? And just recognizing it as like, you know, you've got to develop grit. It's not, you know, some, some people were, you know, blessed with, you know, maybe there's, there's a physicality that comes up. Maybe you're hardwired. You come from a, you know, long Viking bloodline where he's like, Hey, yeah, I'm coming from generations of grit. Right. So it's like, that's awesome. Maybe you had some great grit modeled for you by your grandparent or your, or your parent, or maybe there's siblings, or maybe it was just, you know, it was my coaches when I was an athlete, or maybe you were in the military. And so wherever it was developed, you're that, that was the beginning of it. This is a muscle that you need to continually work on. 
because frankly, we've, we've engineered discomfort out of our lives. We get soft, right? So the more successful you are, the softer you'll get if you do not start deliberately introducing discomfort into your daily activities. And Camilla and I went out for dinner last night. We had this conversation and, you know, I just had a cold plunge delivered to the house and she thinks I'm out of my mind. And I'm just like, no, honey, I, I try to do something that sucks every day. And this is going to make that a lot easier. I want to, I want to do hard things every day. And whether that means hard things in the gym or out in the barn, it, it might mean hard things in the ocean. It might mean uh, hard things in the cold plunge or in the, you know, high temperature infrared sauna, whatever that is that, that that's hard and it sucks. And, but what it does is it, it gets your body, gets your mind used to doing the uncomfortable things. Like it's just a new gear that you just have to develop. It, it should be natural for us. You know, if we were living a natural life, You'd grow up and everything would be wicked hard, right? So because of weather changes and it's hard to find water and it's hard to find wood to make a fire and it's hard to secure an energy source and chase down an animal to eat. And it's just like everything was wicked hard before and now it's not. So it's soft. We've we've literally engineered discomfort out of our lives. So if you want to work on your grit muscle, start with the physical side of it, right? So that's something you can choose to do every day. And that translates beautifully into the psychological side of it. So try to do things that are hard spiritually, things that stretch you spiritually, whether that means extending grace to somebody that's outside of your natural economy of how you would typically deal with upset or disappointment or anger, resentment, like do something that's spiritually hard or maybe mentally hard, like learn something new, like challenge yourself to be able to say, man, I... That's something I want to learn how to do, speak a language, play an instrument, right? So learn Chinese math. I don't care what it is, but challenge yourself to like do stuff that's hard. It, professionally, it's, you know, I'm ready to go from being an owner operator to CEO. I, I, I'm ready to start leading other professionals like an office manager or a, a associate doctor. I'm ready to open multiple clinics, you know, do something that's professionally hard or step up and give recommendations for care that represent your best work. And you know that that's exactly what the patient needs to hear. Maybe that's hard for you right now. Or maybe it's setting expectations and agreements with a team member or, or a, a hard, awkward conversation with a wonky relationship with somebody on your team or one of your practice members. It's hard. It's hard to do. You have to do the hard stuff, Dr. Pete, to develop those muscles. This grit is developed under the yoke of adversity, not in a place where you're feeling in the comfort zone. So, you know, to wrap here, Dr. Steven, I think it's just, we just want to recognize you. I just, I just want to recognize you as a listener. If you're listening to this podcast and you're in the practice and you're, you're doing your thing and you're working on being a CEO and a remarkable CEO, I just want to encourage you, you know, it's hard. And that's, I just want to recognize that it is hard. And if you've been going through some hard times, listen, way to go. Way to go. You picked yourself up. You actually tuned in. You pressed play on this podcast. You did something. You're doing something. I just want to recognize you. And uh, don't beat yourself up. You know, that's that's the the enemy is is really going to come. And it's when you start, you know, beating yourself up and, and, and really just, you know, yeah, just, t you know, allowing the beliefs or the, uh, you know, whatever your, where it's comparison or it's timeline or whatever the thing is that 
you know, you will, you might allow yourself to go down that road and you shouldn't go down that road and you know that the road is, I'm just going to encourage you today and say, listen, just stop. Focus on what you're grateful for. Focus on what is going right. Focus on what has happened that is good. Focus on all the things that you have overcome. Think about how far you've actually come. Think about what could have happened if you took a left turn instead of a right turn out of the driveway. Like, Think about all of the, the things. Reflect on your journey up to this point. I'm just going to encourage you as we wrap here, just reflecting on your journey, where you are now, and just be thankful and grateful for everything that's happened, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And just recognize it all serves a purpose. Every step of the way, it serves a purpose and there's good that comes out of all of it. And just recognize that. And, and then as you come to a place of, of recognition and peace today, reflecting on your past, look, look ahead, pull out your vision story. And I know in the vision story, we write it from the destination place back and we write, hey, this is what I want to have happen. This is the vision that I see. This is how I want it to be. And just recognize that. For you to be able to walk that out as you walk it out towards your vision story now, next, and ultimately, just recognize it's going to require grit. And that's great. And embrace that. And like Dr. Stephen said, start somewhere, maybe with the physical, maybe spiritual, maybe mental, what it is. And what's the next area of discomfort during this next quarter that you can focus on? That you can say, you know what, this, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to put myself in a slightly more discomfort environment so that I can develop the grit so that I can continue to grow and then I can continue to express my purpose in its fullness. And that's my encouragement and challenge to all of us today. As we listen to this podcast, take some time just, just to reflect, go for a walk, go for a ride, go for a, whatever you do. Um, and, and, and just think about where you're at, what you're grateful for, how far you've actually come, all the things that have actually gone really well and gone right in spite of all of it. You're here and looking ahead to your vision and say, what's the grit? Who do I need to become to be able to walk out this next stage? What's the development of grit? Where do I need, can I develop more grit so I can walk out my vision story? Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with our remarkable success partner dedicated to helping you more successfully help more people. Enjoy. Hey, CEOs. So today I am honored to be in the studio with Richard Sawyer from Spinalogic, uh, a remarkable chiropractor and CEO of a business that's actually making a huge difference and helping us make a bigger difference in our patients' lives. You guys are going to love learning from Richard today. He is a practitioner. He is a multiple business owner here in our space. So I can't think of a better person to have on the CEO podcast and a fellow CEO, an innovator in our space, somebody who likes problem solving, saw some problems <laughs> in his office, which actually tended to turns out to be a problem in many of our offices. And he's come up with a solution to help solve that for all of us. So Doc, thanks for taking the time to meet with me here today and be a part of our podcast. I know our audience is going to learn a lot from you and just gain a ton of value from you. So uh, thanks for taking the time. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, where you're at, what what are you up to these days? And then we're going to dig in a bit. Uh, hey, Dr. Pete. Look, it's great to be with you today. Thank you very much. Um, I'm here in sunny, sunny Brisbane in, in Queensland. It's a beautiful morning uh, up here in the trees with the birds. So I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation with you. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for being in this uh, conversation. And a lot of times people have 
a backdrop that's uh you know virtual you've got the real deal so you, you get you get a lot of credit there that's that's uh set yeah. us up real well if you're if you're listening to this only then you're not seeing it but if you're on youtube or on uh instagram or wherever else you might be consuming this you'll see uh you'll see richard and his awesome backdrop so uh no so i want to ask you a question so you've been a success yeah, partner man. now for a couple of years with trp yep. one of our platinum partners and um that's a big, it's a big deal for us. You know, anybody who partners with our organization, we are aligned with you. We're saying, Hey, mm. we share values. We're in alignment. Mm. We're on a mission to help more people. So I want you to talk a little bit about the Genesis story for you and really how spinal logic really was birthed actually came out of a painful place, came out of a recognizing yep. that there was an issue, a challenge, a real challenge in, yep. uh, in a very successful practice. So take us back to the beginning and where kind of things began. Uh, because again, you're, problem solving now for chiropractors around the world uh, but tell us a little bit about where it all started yes yeah, so look um it started when when i was uh i was in practice one day all of a sudden had this epiphany i was there we're seeing about about 600 a week i had like seven or eight staff working for me and i was busy adjusting and i was and i, was, I looked up and i looked around and i was like man everyone's so so busy I, I wonder what they're all doing and i realized i didn't really have much of an idea of what they're actually spending their time on i thought i, I need to find out and so i'd ask them and of course they would tell me, but they didn't really have that very good an idea. And what I really wanted to do was to quantify it. So I knew how much time were they spending on the things I wanted them spending time on and how much of it was it on administrative tasks. It was like low level sort of stuff and how much of it was on the higher consciousness stuff where we wanted them to be talking tick to our patients. So we, I decided it was time to do an experiment. So we, we got it, made a spreadsheet for, for everybody at, 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 at each, of their, each of their locations. We set a big timer up in the middle of the office and went off every 10 minutes. So we go beep, beep. And all the patients would be like, what's that? And all the stuff, like, oh, yeah, that's Dr. Richard. We're, we're doing an experiment. It's like, oh, okay, of course. They weren't, they weren't surprised. <laughs> and so what I, what I had them do is every 10 minutes, I had every, every team member write down what was it they spent the, the, last, the, the bulk of the last 10 minutes, what did they spend, spend it doing? And then we, added, we did that across the course of an entire week. And at the end of the week, we had a lot of data points. We added it all up. We broke it down into categories. And we, and we looked at the different things that I was spending time on and, and divided it in really into those like higher conscious activities and the lower conscious activities and admin, admin versus like talking tick and connecting with patients. And it turned out in, in some of the locations, uh, it was like 90, 90, 10, 90% admin and 10% actual talking, you know, connecting with the patients. Other places more 50, 50, but averaged out across the practice, we were about 70, 30, about 70% of, of my team's time was being spent on administrative stuff. And only 30% was actually being spent connecting with the patients from the heart on the things that we really wanted to be spending their time on. I guess you could say it was like, it was completely inverted from the way that I, I imagined and I wanted it to be. And so that was, that was really the genesis of when, when Spinalogic started. I thought, We've got, to, we've got to automate away these, these administrative tasks, the things that computers can do better, but they can do better than people can do anyway. So if we can get the computers doing that, then we can leave the people focused on the things that we want them to do. And so we started, we started working on the, on the big ones uh, and then we worked our way through the list until we pretty much automated all of the, all of the, uh, the administrative tasks at, at this time. And we can, now, now I, can, I can say very confidently that it's the exact opposite way around in our practice. It's at least 70, 30 in favor of doing the high-level action steps instead of low-level action steps. Wow. Go ahead. I was just going to say, in the, in the process of doing that, our, our, our staff count went down from seven, sort of eight, depending how you count it, down to, down to three to four, seeing the same volume, but people working less hard and um, delivering better, better quality and standard of care. So, I mean, I just think about that. I, I... When you, when you were talking, it actually hit me in a slightly different way. And I was thinking, okay, imagine one person in your office, you know, 70% of the time doing administrative, 30% of the time yeah. doing things that are really growing the practice. 
if that was just one person, that would be, that'd be a challenge. Multiply yeah. that times seven or eight people. Now you're talking yeah. about seven or eight people, 30% of the time doing things that are actually going to grow and advance your business. 70% yes. of the time, not you do yeah. the math on that and you start thinking like, oh my gosh, like I'm like, we're not really optimized at all. And we think about that because yeah. I know right now a couple, there's some people listening to this call and they're thinking, Hey, can you, uh, I got to do that experiment with the ding every, every 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what's going on around here? You know, we got to do a week was, of that in our office really right now. It was really yeah. telling. I mean, there's, there's, there's like two different ways that you can, you can look at it. You can say, okay, well, how can we, how can we, uh, if, if we can automate that stuff, if we can make that stuff happen like more, more effortlessly, then either we can reduce the number of staff we have, or we can have the staff we have spending more time talking chiropractic. But then it reaches a point where you, there's only so many people that you need. There's only so many people you need in your team. And so we're actually able to do both of those. Yeah. So talk to us a little about what, what Spinal Logic is then. And then I have another question for you. Um, yeah, sure. So go ahead and tell us a little sure. bit about, so, so that sure. was the revolution. You discovered that and then you started solving it. So what, what did, how did Spinal Logic birth from that? Yeah, look, it sort of started as we like made, made some add-on tools to sort of patch on to the existing software that we had. And then we realized that was not, uh, it worked out pretty obvious. That was not going to be the best way to move forward. And then it was like, well, it can't be really that hard. Let's, let's like, uh, let's do our own software. That was a bit of a, um, <laughs> I didn't realize how much work was involved. Here we are 20 years later um, and we're, we're still developing features and it's, we're still evolving. Um, but we got a, we got a pretty, th pretty thorough product that covers the vast majority of, of things that, that, uh, that people, well, I guess, administratively spend their time on. So we can take things from being something that might take half an hour to reducing it down to a single click. I mean, a classic example would be, would be the care program. When we started out with care programs, care programs, you couldn't do them in on, on a computer-based software very well at all. So we had a paper book and we had a, we had, we had a girl whose job was to put the care plans into the book. It would take her 30 minutes to put a 12-month care plan into the book. Now we click a button that's done in about, about 100 milliseconds, like the entire, the entire care plan. But it's not just like a series of appointments. It's like each of the, each of the, the, the like every, every 12th visit we go do a re-exam, every half visit we do some, some, some kind of special interaction with the patient whether it's ceasing a medenerol or it's like uh, reviewing their exercises, some kind of spe special event with a patient. And then we could also synchronize in all of our, our marking events. So we can have the, the tick that is the prompt for the doctor at the table can be coordinated with the email that we sent home to them. It can be coordinated with the event that they're being stopped for on that particular day. So we can have all of that coordinated, templated out and mapped and applied to a, to a new, to an, an, a given patient in, like I say, about hundred milliseconds, like 10th of a second. What used to what used to take half an hour, but even then, all then it was was just appointments. So yeah, wow, um, I mean, that, that that that's that one that one's been huge. Yeah, I mean, you think about leverage. You think about you know not only leveraging a person's time, but just even all the other resources and all the other elements that are included in that, from the tick table side to the event promotion to reminders on coming up, progress exams, re-exams to you know other calls to actions and things you could do that are actually all all driving and you know your business forward and hitting other KPIs that are in the business that we're looking at yeah. measuring seeing measurable yeah. improvement on this can influence that as a CEO we're always looking for leverage right and we're leveraging right in this case technology but the technology is aligned with your vision mission premise purpose and product that's the product that you're yeah. delivering you're saying hey yeah. this is going to help you deliver your product in a more remarkable way and again once once again this is why we're aligned this is why we have partnered and teamed up with you because that's exactly what it means to build a remarkable business turn that job into that business using leverage correct so powerful. exactly exactly that's why i love working with trp for exactly that reason because your values are so well aligned with it, precisely the reason that, that we created spine logic in the first place so 
obviously, if you want to learn more, go to spinalogic.org. That's dot O-R-D, yep. uh, spinalogic.org, and, uh, and learn more. It's pretty awesome stuff. But I want you to talk about something else you and I were, we were just talking about before we ended up pressing play and recording, which is I asked you, said, you know, how, how are things going right now? What's what's going on in your business right now? And you shared some things that I felt also was really important for our our audience to hear from you and just what you're up to these days. You've been in business for for many years. Um, and you recognize certain things going on in your business world. So why don't you uh, share with us a little about what you're up to right now? Sure. So the thing that I'm really focused on at the moment is working on making sure that my, my businesses are in alignment with my, that my business purposes are in full alignment with my personal purpose and making sure that I'm really clear on what that personal purpose is, having my values clearly enunciated, having like a, a mission statement for my personal life clearly, clearly enunciated. I review that every morning. I go through that every morning. I meditate on that every morning and then I spend time looking at my businesses and making sure that we've got the, got at least aligned values. If not identical, they're very closely aligned values so that what I'm doing in my business is actually aligned with what I'm aiming to do with my life. Mm. And uh, that's something I spent time in the, in the past working on the values in, in, my, in my practice and I got them really clear and, and then we, we built our practice around that. And then as we became successful and things became sort of easy, then a, a lot of things slipped away. And we became, we became we, I, I guess it was more I than, than we, I became slack. And so then my team would obviously naturally follow my lead and I would become slack because we were fully booked and things were pretty easy in practice. So it didn't seem like I had to try, but then I realized that um, some of the outcomes that my patients were having, particularly around uh, like birthing outcomes, I guess is the one that's really caught my attention. And I'm seeing things happen. It's like, that doesn't need to happen if you understood how your body worked better. And I realized that I was falling short on, on educating with my patients. There's only so much you can do table side and without doing workshops where I, I actually pay attention to the, to the education, then that started, was starting to slip. And then I realized that I was actually acting outside of, outside of my values and then came full circle to realizing how important that was and it started building it back up again from sort of from the other side, instead of from the business out, more from the personal in back to the business. Wow. So powerful. I, and I wanted you to share that because I think for many of our, our listeners, you know, they're finding themselves maybe in a place of out, being out of alignment. Maybe they're not fully yeah. aligned with their purpose and their values. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important, like you said, you've established core values. You had done this before, but when was the last yeah. time you actually checked in with yourself? And you had said that there was, I asked you, I said, what was the sign or the symptom that you recognized that maybe this is something that needed to be addressed? Uh, and what, what was that, that you noticed you said, this, cause you have multiple businesses, but what was it that you noticed yeah. that we, we, you know, this is something that's missing. We need to, we need to be addressing this at the root, at the core. Yeah. It was, uh, a number, a number of patients at the moment that are, that are pregnant and having babies. And uh, I'm seeing them I mean, in the, in the hospitals that they're, they're all, they're all being told, oh, your baby, your baby's, uh, is too big for its age. Like it's, 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 it's as if it's a, the size, it was two weeks older than what it is. And I heard that the first time I was like, hmm. And then I realized I seem to be hearing it all the time. And so it's almost as if that's uh, the standard story that being, people being told that their baby's too big. I'm wondering if they're measuring them against old charts for when people were smaller or from charts from overseas where, you know, where, where they got smaller populations or something. And then it's like, uh, oh, so then we had to have a C-section. And it's like, oh, why did you have to have a C-section? Oh, because I had a bicornuate uterus. So how did you know you had that? Oh, because I had, a, had an ultrasound. So if you hadn't had the ultrasound, you wouldn't know you had the bicornuate uterus. You're perfectly fine. You would never have had the C-section. And you probably would have had the natural delivery, but there was just like no consciousness around it at all. The, the, the natural was normal. And so, so natural is normal, I think is, is something that's, it's, that, that's really so important. And we as chiropractors have more opportunity to be able to educate pa our patients about that than probably anybody else in the community. In fact, I think definitely anybody else in our community. 
and yet that's not the direction that our society is going at the moment. And that's, uh, that's something that, where we can make a huge difference. But it's not going to happen unless we actually make the effort, you, if, unless you actually step up and put yourself out there and speak to the patients. That's good. Here you were using technology to create more space and time and energy to actually educate your patients. And you caught yourself actually not doing the very thing we designed this to be able to enable us to do, that's which exactly is interesting. Right. So guys, we have to be listen, you know, CEOs that, you know, you can use leverage. You can leverage training, technology, coaching, all amazing things. But if you lose sight of your ultimate purpose and the values and things that are the most important, that can still happen. And I appreciate you sharing that with all of us today because I think all of us needed to hear that. I really believe this is going to land for, for some very specific people. This is, you know, Richard speaking to you. He's speaking to me right now about how important it is to stay true to your values and to be looking at the signs and symptoms of being off purpose. And that's a great example of just, hey, this is, this is incongruent with who we are. We are the perfectly positioned to be the, the educators of the people in our community to save, you know, natural is normal. For example, you know, that that's a, a certain milestone in someone's journey in their life that could be so much better than what they're being told. And we are in the position to be able to influence that. So, um, and, and, I got, and, I, and I got to say, like, the more that you're in alignment with the values, the more that you're clear on your values, then the more that you, 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 you read through them. And, the, and then some of them, like, they don't quite sit right and you review them until, the, until they're really clear and say, like, yeah, I'm really aligned with that. The more that you do that, then the more you naturally do things that are in alignment with the values and, and the more effortless, effortless things be seem to become. It's just like you don't really try that hard and things just work out. So Whereas good. when you, I think, I think a, real, a real key that you're not in alignment with your values is you're trying hard and yet things still aren't really working out. Things are still going wrong. Yeah, there's the... Alignment is uh, is is key here for for growth and uh, and and to do it in a way that almost seems effortless. Even though you do put a lot of effort and energy into actually being in alignment, there's this there's that flow that state we get into yes, where things exactly. begin coming to you and flowing through you. So exactly, hey it's, Doc, it's, I, it's the the leverage point, the leverage point. I appreciate you. We're gonna. That's a great space to to stop with the leverage point being being in alignment and having full congruency between your values, your vision, and your behaviors. Uh, that, that to me is uh, is an awesome place for us to start. So guys, we've been listening to uh, Dr. Richard Sawyer from Spinalogic, spinalogic.org.org. Check them out. And uh, let's see if we can turn your upside down situation right side up. If you're finding that 70% of the time people aren't doing the highest and best use of their time work, then let's get that turned around. Uh, check it out, spinalogic.org. Doc, thanks for being a remarkable success partner. Thank you for all your support and everything you're doing to help chiropractic, chiropractors and TRP and helping our doctors be more remarkable CEOs. And uh, for all you who are listening, thanks for tuning into the show. Remember to tune in again next week for the Remarkable CEO Podcast next episode. Until then, take care, God bless, and be well, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic, and what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.